This message is provided by Bridgeway Community Church. Thanks for tuning in. Well, Merry Christmas, Bridgeway. It is so good to see you. I've been saying Merry Christmas all month, and it is finally here. It is such an honor and a privilege to be together with you on this Christmas Eve. I'll tell you, this has been uh, really become a tradition for us here at Bridgeway. Our Christmas Eve candlelight service is actually the fourth year we've been doing this, and it, again, just couldn't be more honored to be a part of this night with you. And especially this year, you endured so much. You, in, you survived the blizzard of 2022 and snowmageddon, and I mean, everyone told you to stay home tonight and look at you. You rebels, you showed up tonight. So, uh, so good to be together. I'll tell you, yeah, you can give yourself a round of applause for that. Exactly. Praise God. I have the most enjoyment, though, just watching you worship together with your families and just seeing all the families gathered here tonight. And if I could invite you for a moment to maybe zoom out for just a moment, because today and this Christmas weekend, you celebrate this not alone. In fact, there are over 2.2 billion Christians all around the world doing the exact same thing in their time zone, in over 158 different countries, in 2,800 different languages, they are celebrating the birth of Jesus. And that's why all month long I've been telling you that this is the best party ever. In fact, nothing can stop this party of Jesus coming to the world, not wars or recessions or pandemics or a blizzard even. It is the birth of Jesus that we're all here. And I feel as though it's important that we just take a moment to celebrate just that. Especially, I can imagine that this time of year, you have been busy. You've had so much going on this entire month. You've had gatherings and parties and festivities. And and I don't know, actually, one time I I looked and I found that December is one of the most, like, month full of holidays that you can imagine. In fact, every day in the month of December, there is a Hallmark-style holiday to celebrate. In fact, I didn't list them all. I just thought I'd list a few of them for you. This is what you've been through this month. Did you know that December 4th was Fat Bike Day? I love fat biking. That's a great day. The day after that, December 5th, is National Ninja Day. I bet you didn't see that one coming. Of course not. It's a ninja, right? It's really quiet. There's my wife's favorite day of the month. There's National Brownie Day. There is Regifting Day on the 15th, Ugly Sweater Day, yay, there's Snowboard Day, there's Festivus for the rest of us, and then, oh, I get it, way at the bottom, don't forget, last but not least, it's Christmas. And I know that for some of you tonight, you could come here and you could think of Christmas as, oh, it's just another holiday among many this month. I don't know, maybe you come to Christmas and... You've heard the story so many times, you think, you know, it's the same characters. It's Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus, and there's shepherds and angels, and oh, don't forget, you know, little drummer boy. And someone once said to me that Christmas is sort of like Taco Bell. Uh, You know, Taco Bell, they've only got eight ingredients. Don't ask me how I know these things. But yet, they have over 39 items on their menu. And someone said, you know, it's just kind of like that. You just kind of mix the ingredients up. It's not a... It's not a taco, it's a taco supreme. It's not a burrito, it's a beefy, cheesy burrito. And so maybe you come to Christmas thinking, oh, it's just the same characters kind of all mixed up again. I don't know, maybe you come to Christmas and 
And this day, it, it kind of has this nostalgia to you, or maybe it feels like a fable. Maybe some of you tonight, you hear the story of Christmas, and, and you think, well, that's, that's good for other people, but I don't really buy it. And what I want to tell you tonight is that Christmas, as it really happened, is the most real and the most miraculous event that could have ever occurred. In fact, this event changed, turned upside down all of history, and it still does. And I'm not here tonight to try to convince you of that. I just want to invite you into the story. In fact, all I want to do tonight is I want to read the good old story once again, and I want to invite you just to take it in. And I can imagine many of you have heard these words before, and so maybe what you need to do tonight is, is to not just hear the words, but to try to experience these words. I don't know, it might help if you close your eyes and just try to imagine yourself in the scene that's given to us. I'm going to read from the book of Luke in the second chapter, and I just want to read a few verses of this story. You can read along on the screens as well if you'd like. Luke says these words, beginning in verse 1. He says, In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house in line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. And this is the verse I want you to focus on tonight. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Now, I want to tell you, this really happened. And part of the reason that you can trust this story is it doesn't start out like a fairy tale. It doesn't start out, you know, once upon a time or in a galaxy far, far away. It actually begins with a lot of specificity. It talks about Augustus, Caesar, and Quirinius. These are real people who really lived. Kind of fascinating. I never noticed this until just this week, but the story starts with very specific, important people being named. But then by the time you get to the bottom of it, it's really listing off unnamed shepherds, kind of common, everyday people, people like you and people like me. But there's a lot we can know about Caesar Augustus. In fact, you could open up your history books. You could read a lot about this guy. In fact, uh, kind of the funny thing is, he was the adopted son of Julius Caesar. Uh, interesting note, Julius Caesar didn't trust the Roman Empire to be passed down to his own kids, so he adopted this Augustus and turned him into the next heir apparent. And I don't know if that was really a very good choice because Augustus had this God complex. He actually thought that he was God. He thought that he was divine. And he ruled from about 27 BC to 1480, right during the time when Jesus was born. He actually, by historical standards, wasn't very violent. Uh, he was just really greedy. And the way he operated is he would essentially gather all the people up, 
count them. That's why this census is being taken. And then he would know who all existed in the Roman Empire so that he could tax them till their eyes bled, literally. Um, how many of you, you just, show of hands, how many of you love paying taxes, right? Like April 15th, oh, come on, you can't wait, right? Well, you might not think it's so bad after you hear this. You think, oh, I'm in a high tax bracket. I pay 35%, whatever. Uh, in that day, if you were not a Greek Roman citizen, you were taxed at the rate of about 70% of your income. Feeling a little better tonight? Going home a little happier, right? That's how this Caesar Augustus operated. It would have been so aggravating, right? I mean, especially for Joseph and especially for Mary. I mean, she's very pregnant. It had to have been frustrating. It had to have been very confusing, right? I mean, they make this long journey, and they've got all these awkward moments of confusion. I mean, teen pregnancy, and Joseph, you know, you're not the father, and we're not even married yet. I mean, they had to have had some really interesting conversation along the way. And then they get there, and it turns out that God forgot to arrange a proper hospital bed for Mary, right? No hospital bed. In fact, no midwife, no epidural, no essential oils, right? I mean, no, no Motel 6 even, right? But she has this baby. She wraps him in cloths, and she places him in this manger. I think we, we think about this manger as such a pretty scene, and, and yet a manger would have been a feeding trough for cattle and, and sheep. They would have put their wet tongue and their snotty nose into the same place that Jesus was laid. Never forget that Jesus came into the average, ordinary ways in which people lived in that day. I, I read this story, and I feel like everything about the birth story of Jesus is so tense. In fact, it's not just tense. There's almost this resistance against Jesus coming into the world. And I can tell you, I even think this week, I, I was feeling some of that resistance all week long, just this resistance to Jesus coming into the world. And I just have one question and it's a statement as well. Just one question I want you to think about tonight. When you hear this story, I want you to maybe ask the question, what if? What if in this place, in this time, what if God is actually working his plan? Because he is. In this little town called Bethlehem, some 2,000 years ago, he was working this plan. And he's still working this plan today in your life. In your struggles, and in your pain, in your uncertainty, in your anxiety, God is working his plan in your loneliness. I'll show my age a little bit. One of my favorite bands are the Beatles, and uh, I love a song by the Beatles called Eleanor Rigby. I've studied the lyrics to this song because I think that there was something deeper going on, and I've read, I think, everything there was ever written about this song. It actually chronicles two very lonely people, a priest, Father Mackenzie, and Eleanor Rigby, and they never meet up until Eleanor's funeral. And Paul McCartney writes a song, and he's got this haunting line in the song. He says, all the lonely people, where do they all come from? All the lonely people, where do they all belong? And I've thought about that song, and I think the answer is quite simple. The loneliest of people are those who are apart from God and apart from God's love. And where do they belong? Well, that's why Jesus came. He came for the people who are broken and hurting and frustrated and sinful. 
And those people who are angry even, Jesus came for them too. I mean, how many of you wouldn't be just a tad bit angry? Maybe angry at God even, right? I mean, you make this long walk, some 70 miles. You got to travel through this evil empire where big government rules the day. And this isn't even your Caesar, right? You're, you're walking this and you're saying, this isn't my president. I didn't vote for this guy, right? And then you see there, and this is yet still an example of God working his plan. You'd be angry. Maybe you'd be angry at the people around you. Maybe You'd be angry at your spouse, or maybe you'd be angry at your coworkers, or maybe even, maybe even you'd be angry at God. And what if God is just working his plan, working his plan in you? You might think today, well, impossible. If God was working his plan, it wouldn't look so messy. It'd be all kind of working the right way. And I have to remind you of this Christmas story. This Christmas story was extremely messy. In fact, I think we come to the Christmas story and we, we almost over-romanticize it. We kind of look back and we kind of revise the story of Mary and Joseph and we, we try to make it look more appealing than it would have been to them in the moment. In fact, I, I think sometimes we see things, like we see a picture of the nativity scene and we just see this and we just can kind of imagine angels singing, right? Like, oh, this looks so perfect. I mean, there's Mary and Joseph and, and there's this light shining down and there's some guy playing a flute in the middle of the screen, and you know, animals are dancing. And, and we look at this scene, and we think, well, this is perfect, right? It looks so perfect that only perfect people must be allowed at this Christmas story. I mean, look at them. There's no struggle at all. And I already told you, the first manger scene didn't look anything like that. In fact, uh, what I like is I, I like real nativity scenes. Um, I found a website a number of years ago, and I go back to it every now and then, and it collects the best nativity scenes that are sort of modern and real. Maybe you've seen some of these. Uh, this is one of my favorites. This is the hipster nativity scene, uh, complete with Mary and uh, Joseph taking a selfie, drinking a latte next to Jesus. Uh, you might like that one. I like this one if you're a foodie. You might like the cupcake nativity scene. Look at the artwork there. Look at the detail that went into these. Someone's going to eat these and enjoy these. And then maybe last but not least, maybe this is the favorite for all the meat eaters out there. <laughs> My cardiologist says no to everything on this screen, right? Like no bacon, no sausage. I just love that. Like you just want to, you know, put that in the oven, cook it, and eat the whole thing. And I just noticed it's on like this bed of sauerkraut, right? Like, oh, it's got this, you know, German Dutch flavor to it. And, and maybe you look at that and all you can really see is the sauerkraut. Because you look and you think, you know, that's my life. My life just feels so sour, so out of place. And I want to remind you tonight, maybe God is working his plan. Doesn't feel like it. I sure wish he wouldn't. Maybe he is. Maybe God is working. In fact, just do this for me for just a moment. Just kind of a little thought exercise. I, I want you to kind of in your mind think of whatever's been hard this year. I mean, what's the most difficult thing you've gone through? What do you just say, like, so ready to say goodbye 2022? Like, I know it's not New Year's Eve yet, but you're just so ready. I don't know what it was. Maybe, maybe this year you lost your job or you didn't get the promotion you thought you were due. Maybe you got sick. Maybe, maybe a loved one of yours got sick. Maybe your health still isn't the way it should be. Maybe you've had a difficulty in your marriage. Or you've had some relationship struggles with a friend. Maybe a family member 
walked out on you. I want you to right now just really name whatever that is. Whatever that pain or frustration or whatever you're angry about tonight. And as you picture this, I want you to also picture what if God, what if God is just right now working his plans? See, I think a lot of the problems for people is they come to God and they think, well, God can only be real if God were somehow to erase all the painful moments in my life. I mean, then I could follow God. If God took away all my pain and all my trouble, then I would know he is God. And I want to ask you tonight, would that really change things? In fact, would you want a God that just simply took away all your pain? Maybe another way to think about it is, would life be better if you didn't have any struggle? Uh, there's a really interesting smart person at Stanford that kind of posed this sort of hypothetical scenario. Uh, he kind of gives this story as, as kind of in the mind of a parent. And he says, imagine for a moment if you were to have a child. And right as you hold this newborn baby, the doctor comes to you and he gives you two things. He gives you a script of your child's life and an eraser. And this doctor says, you have five minutes you can change anything. You can edit anything in the script of this child's life however you want. You've got five minutes, go. Now imagine, you're holding this newborn child of yours. And now, how do you decide? How, how do you decide what you will erase from their life and what you will keep? You're reading the story of your child's life, and as you read, you're reading about the great childhood that they have. But they hit their school years, and you find out that your child will have a learning disability. And for many kids, reading will come easy, and so will math, and so will science. But for your child, it will not be easy. In fact, it will make your child sort of a target. And your child will be bullied and teased, and they'll be on the brink of self-harm. And then you read a paragraph later, and you hear that this child of yours actually meets a teacher who kind of is this lifeline to them, gets them kind of encouraged about school and learning. And they go on, not only go on, but they get... Ah, this scholarship, a full-ride scholarship. What do you erase in your child's life? You read a little bit further in your child's life, and you find out that they get their dream job in a really good career, and then they lose their dream job in an economic downturn. But then in their new job, they meet their future spouse, and they have babies. You're reading. You get to become a grandparent someday. What do you erase? What do you keep in their story? See, here's the deal about Christmas. This gives us great hope because the story of Christmas is all about how God sent his son into the world, sent Jesus into the world, and no eraser. I mean, God did not edit or change or erase anything. He sent Jesus into a world that was incredibly painful. We're talking tonight about his birth and Caesar Augustus and all the pain around his birth. But Jesus would endure so much more. He would persevere in a sinless life. And he would go through this life and, and he would have people uh, disagree with him and mock him. And eventually, they would put him on a cross. And Jesus, this baby, would grow into a man who would suffer a horrific death. All the pain of all of the world, the weight of which fell on his shoulders. And this is a gift. This is his grace and his forgiveness of all of your sins. It's the greatest gift ever, the gift of salvation. And this is God's plan for the whole world. But I want to tell you tonight, this is God's plan also for you. I want to put this verse up one more time. It's from Luke 2, where it says, Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. 
He is the Messiah, the Lord. And maybe the most important words in that verse are those two words, to you. And I just simply want to tell you that this is the good news. This is the hope of Christmas, that Jesus, this Savior, this Messiah, this Lord, has been born to you and for you. And this should be really good news. This is why we celebrate. This is why we party at Christmas. Now, i got to say, I know for some people, they come to church, or maybe they come back to church at Christmas, and they're a little apprehensive because they haven't always heard good news from Christians. They haven't always felt good news in the church. In fact, they've heard things like, you know, clean up your act, or they've heard things like, you can do better. And I want to tell you tonight, that's, that's not good news. That, that's not even new news for most of us, right? And that's not the message of Jesus. We just here at Bridgeway want you to know that this Savior is really good news, and it's good news for you as your Lord. He can be your Lord tonight. You invite him in and have him take place in your heart. And that's the message of Christmas. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up and to lead us in these moments and just to give you some time and space just to simply pray. And maybe it's been a while since you've thought about this gift of Jesus. Maybe it's been a while since you've thought about what this gift could mean for you. And you just take a few moments in the quietness of this night and you allow God to speak into your heart and you tell him, you tell him how grateful you are. We're also during this song going to share and spread this light, this silent night and this candlelight service. And we're really reenacting what Jesus said to, to go and to be a light into the dark places of our world. And we're going to pass this light down the rows and all the way to the back of the room and it's going to be a beautiful moment. And as we sing, I hope you take an image in your mind of this night. And then I hope you leave here and you share this light with every single person you meet. If you would bow your heads and pray with me, please. Father God, now is the time. We just pause and we thank you for the silent night in which you entered all of human existence through your son, Jesus, the beautiful name, Jesus. It's the name above all names. It's the name alone that saves. And so God, just in the quietness of this moment, I pray that each person in their heart would just simply have a conversation with you. And maybe for some of you tonight, you've never done this. You've never invited Jesus to come in. I want to encourage you to do that, to just simply say, Jesus, would you come into my life? Would you forgive me of my past, all my sin, all my error, all my flaws? And would you give me the gift of salvation, the greatest gift ever? As you do that, he says he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will come in. He will take up residence in your heart and in your life. God, I pray that this would just be a holy moment of your light coming into the world so that we could share it with others. We love you and we praise you and we thank you for this time. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. Check out our app or website at bridgewaycommunity.org for more messages or to take the sermon one step deeper by downloading the Sermon Discussion Guide.